most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Out podcast brought to you with our friends at gambling.com. It's myself, Dean Ryan, of course, and Dermot Nolan is here. Hello, Dino. How are you, buddy? Very well, Demo. Good to have you on again this week. Uh, we've been busy away on the race out for the first few weeks since Salvo. Well, I guess it's nearly two months now of the national hunt season proper. It's about time we brought on an expert. I think we've had a few, uh, yeah, I would say charlatans on so far, Demo. I think that would be fair. And uh, and we brought along Don McLean. Don, it's great to have you back on the race out. Was going, uh, yeah, no, yeah good. I wasn't sure good. myself. Good. <laughs> good to be back. Yeah, no, good. Uh, everyone good? They all good? Really well, really well. I mean, I, I think I was saying just off air before we before we came on, um, that we normally get Donald to do the opening season salvos, and we have a little look at, uh, at the picture of the national hunt season ahead. We've had plenty of action already, of course. So on this pod, we're gonna we're gonna try and do it a slightly in reverse. Of course, we have Barry House at the weekend of our one meeting there. We saw uh, a few bubbles popped over the last few weeks in the national hunt season, um, and there's plenty to talk about. So why don't we get stuck in? I mean, Barry House this weekend, Donald. I might come to you first, um. I don't know if you were if you were track side, of course, but um, of course you've seen all the action. A good few bubbles burst this weekend. Ballyburn, one of the most fascinating ones. Um, I would put that one up there as a a, a shock to the to the Twitterati at least on uh, on National Hunt Racing. Um, I, I was I was shocked. Everyone talking about this being one of the second comings. What did you think? Yeah, look, an awful lot going on at the weekend. Yeah, I was there on Sunday, not on Saturday. Um, and yeah look firefox was very good and like there were so many interesting parts of the weekend and it can flit around a bit but i thought at the end of the weekend after gordon elliott had had the one two in the royal bond hurdle gary asked him who was his best novice and he said firefox which Uh to me was significant um so and look firefox was very good being Ballyburn. the three of the two of them pulled well clear i wouldn't give up on Ballyburn yet no more than i'd give up on and Parry Pass, I thought he ran well in defeat, his first step out of novice company and taking on a horse like Tiapu, who's a top, top class horse, third in the stairs hurdle, could have done better with a wee bit more luck. And we know how good he is fresh. It was his eighth run off a break of 50 days or more and his eighth win, which was quite, it's quite an incredible stat. And he goes well at Ferry House as well. It was his fifth run at Ferry House's fourth win and his only defeat, he was second. So... He was taking on a very potent force in Tiapu on his first run of the season, his first run out of Navas company. I'm sure it was a bit of a culture shock to him. And even so, he stay, He travelled best of all into the home straight. So I know they pushed him out in the champion hurdle market, which you can understand, of course, they had to. But I wouldn't give up on Empire Pass. And Tiapu, yeah, look, he, he was very, very good. And interesting Gordon Elliott saying they're going to go straight to Cheltenham with him now, which I don't know if that's set in stone. Like he, we know he goes well fresh, but he could he could run at the Christmas hurdle at Leopardstown and still be very fresh. He'd still have two and a half months after that to be before Cheltenham, so he can still go to Cheltenham. Like I think going from Christmas to Cheltenham, that's a fresh horse. So I I don't think he needs to stay off until then. Plus, he's probably at his best on soft ground, so it would be good to see him through soft ground through the winter. That said, he's he's not a he's not your 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 normal stairs hurdle kind of barracuda, big bucks, English driver, dig mm. down a deep, dark stair. He's a pacey horse. He's, he's probably a two and a half miler who gets three miles more than the other way around. So, um, yeah, I think an awful lot to like about him. I thought Nürburgring was good and winning the grade three juvenile hurdle as well. He's kind of got a wee bit under the radar. His time was good as well. And, and the front to him and he and Calaconte, I thought she ran well as well. They pulled well clear. 
So yeah, there's there was and then the handicaps as well. There was so much to digest at Trerias over the weekend. You sound like a man that might have tipped to you, Pooh, and done the clean racing gun. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. That happens to be the case, but even so, like you know, look. Normally, the case in these instances is I haven't backed him, and then you look back and you go, "Oh yeah, Jesus, there it is." So yeah, no, I, Jack I, Kennedy just, was brilliant, I thought, wasn't he? Jack Kennedy, I thought was he just kept Paul Town and out of his comfort zone the whole way around the race. And it just right, meant yeah. that Imperial Pass was doing that little bit more than he probably wanted to be doing in a race like that. I just thought Jack Kennedy, he's a brilliant jock. We all knew it. He's ice in his veins, but he's particularly just riding out of his skin at the moment. He really is. It just shows you, Dermot, like if 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 we if Jack Kennedy hadn't won the race, we wouldn't have got the insight into his mind that we got and look Jack Kennedy is he's a, he's a man of few words as you he was say, very emotive afterwards Don wasn't he he was very well, like, it was wasn't like him no he's, but like he's a brilliant rider as is Paul Townend but like just telling us that he just wanted Ampere Pass to keep on doing he said he saw that he was doing more than Paul wanted him to do so he wanted to keep him up and keep on doing that so if he got beaten you know people would be going ah oh, what was he doing up on the outside of Ampere Pass and pushing him forward like he's a staying horse but and and that happens more often than not. It doesn't work out. You, you don't win. But it, uh, for, for me, it was fascinating to see or to hear what's going on in the mind of a top-class jockey through a race. And they're thinking, you know, you, 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 we often hear people, oh, he gave him a terrible ride. He did this. He should have done that. But we don't know what the jockey is doing. And, you know, they're obviously pretty good at what they do. So I, I thought it was a fascinating insight. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, there was a couple of I referenced it as like a meeting of a few shocks. Let's be clear about it. In that Drim War, you mentioned the uh, the Royal Bond on, um, maybe not the strongest of renewals that we've seen in the past. And one by a good horse on Baron Glory, you had Iron Maximus, who's able to still go in the Drim War Norris, of course, Drim War Novice, of course, because of the calendar year that it's in. Um, yeah, that's a, that was an odd scene, wasn't it? I actually got a, a text from a fellow that I. I... I've got a text from him quite a while going, how is I a Maximus allowed running? Yeah. Chase? Which was a fair question. And, you know, it's kind of yeah, like you're trying to bring new people into racing and there's a novice or a, an Irish running a novice chase. I think that needs to be explained more. And it, of course, it's, big, it's, it's a little wind after February's and obviously until Latin's Grace Hurdle weekend. Now, it, what the rule wasn't, it was there to, I guess, to encourage trainers and owners to allow horses running chases or hurdles towards the end of the season and then retain at least half their or their novice status for half the season ahead. But I am Maximus, according to the rule, he was obviously entitled to run in it. He was a maiden when he won the Irish National. So and and you know he was he was a 158 rated horse going into the race. So he was entitled to 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 run a big race in it for all that it was over a trip that was probably short of his best. So I think he deserves much credit for that. And the the Royal the Royal Bond, yeah, I, I probably agree with that. That it wasn't the strongest renewal. I just I don't think we have enough evidence yet. Like last year's renewal, I remember at the time, bar the winner, maybe Marine Nacional, we kind of went, ah, it probably wasn't a great Royal Bond. But four subsequent grade one winners came out of it. So, you know, I, I think it's probably potentially a better race than 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 it's it's generally getting the the recognition for at the minute. Like on Tubber, he could be a very good horse, maybe over further. He probably didn't have the run of the race because he had to make his running he's a horse he's, he's bred for stamina he's going to get further he's probably a staying chaser in, in waiting so to run as well as he did in a royal bond hurdle was probably a big run and king of kingsfield i know he was beaten in his first two runs but he was beaten by redstone his first run and redstone i know he was beaten there the other day but that wasn't his running i think he's potentially still a good horse gavin cromwell's horse 
and then he was beaten last time by Henry de Bromhead's horse who could have run in the Royal Bond instead of on Tubber. Brian, the Rob Core connection, same connection. The King of Kingsfield, Jordan Gainford rode impatiently in the first two hurdle races. He was, uh, he was, he was ridden forward, and I think the patient tactic suited him well. He was still in front early enough. He hit the front at the second last, and the Gordon saying afterwards that Jordan was kind of kicking himself for not delaying his run for a wee bit longer. Like he finished third behind a dream to share in the champion bumper at Punchestown. So he's a very good horse. And I thinking of Kingsfield is more to come from him. I think maybe ridden, ridden even more patiently and delivered a wee bit later. Maybe. All right. I won't be writing off the race just yet. You made the point about what came out of it last year. And there's always, you know, there's always plenty of festival winners come out of this meeting demo. It's kind of at the right time of the year, pre-Christmas, you want to go target and stuff. And, and Fairy House doesn't disappoint. It's great they got it on in the end, wasn't it? Oh, huge, yeah, God, of course, absolutely huge, yeah. Look, and that it, it, it's kind of the 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 way, obviously, because like you know, the novice chasers, I think this season has been the the particular um, division that, that that's maybe crystallising the most. You know, we still have a good few novice hurdlers who haven't come out yet, um, mm. and like it's strange the way the trainers have kind of changed their tact. I mean, the Drinmore wasn't the main novice chase at the weekend. It was definitely that race, Corvettes Cross beating. Mm. Um, Beating three card brag, and, and we're going to come on to that for sure when we when we discuss Monty some Star, other... you know, so yeah. like so like that was that was a serious race as well, and it's it is it, like it's a serious uh, meeting, but weirdly, the two grade ones aren't the races that probably brought out the best horses. You know, you as Don said, you Firefox beating Bally Burn and the novice hurdle, and in the beginners chase you those four. They're probably the four grade one novice chasers. So. The one thing, sorry, Dean, just because you skipped over. Let's be clear about it. I, I think maybe, you know, the three runs this season, sorry, that was his third run. That might have caught him out. And also, Gavin Cromwell didn't run great all weekend okay. as well. So, like, a few of his horses can be forgiven. Encanto, Bruno, Redstone, him. There could just have been something small. I don't know. I, I, I'm i not a trainer, but I would be forgiving maybe a few of those runs. That's well. fair. That's totally fair. Okay. Um, look, we can't, we can't gloss over well, what happened, obviously, of course, at uh, Newbury. Don, did you uh, did you fancy one in the in the Coral in the old Hennessy? I did. Was it that's all right, Gino? It, it, it wasn't that's all right, Gino. <laughs> no, it wasn't that's all right, Gino. Um, what did you make of the race? I backed Stolen Silver in the race. I just I just thought he'd come on for. I thought he was so impressive with Chepstow, but yeah, he just probably wasn't good enough. Um, I thought that the front, the top three, you know. Easy to to name the top top three in the race and say yep. their their horses to follow, but I thought they were good for different reasons. Like that's all right, Gino. He was held up out the back by Gavin Sheehan, and like it was his first run over the trip, so you can understand that they're going to ride him conservatively. I thought Gavin Sheehan was very good in him. He he, he rode him very patiently, delivering him at the right time. But the, the it wasn't a great pace. His finishing speed was very was fast, so I thought he did well to come from as far back as he did, and 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 win the race. Um, Maller mission was probably a bit more obvious, even though he didn't win it. He travelled so well, he traded odds on in running, looked a likely winner. And uh, I'm sorry, and that's all right, you know, that was his first run over the trip as well. So, that, you know, he's still unexposed over staying trips. Maller mission, he's obviously proven over staying trips. He might have won the National Hunt Chase last season had he not come down. And he travelled so well through his race after a good prep run at Carlisle. He looked a likely winner. He came home without his two front shoes as well. So, I, th- I think he can be marked up a fair bit on that. Like he could be you know, a kind of a national horse. Uh, some of the nationals, maybe even the entry national, be seven rising eight. <laughs> Excuse me, a Monday genius. He like John Johnny's interview on, on Racing TV with Lydia. I think it was before the race. He was saying that 
he was worried about the ground and that was a legitimate concern because a lot of his good form was on softer ground. So I think Monday Genius on softer ground. I see his favourite now for the Welsh Nationals. So, you know, he he obviously hasn't gone under the radar. And obviously the form of his ultimate chase run when he finished third behind Korak Ramadan and faster slow, that's just looking better and better as time is going on. So I thought I thought the three yeah, I, I think that there, there, there could be more to come from all three, the first three, huh? Fair, fair. Demo, what did you think of the uh, the old Hennessy, the Coral World Cup, the weekend? Yeah, I heard the the connections are kind of mutant towards or mutant towards a gold cup, but mark 155, that 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 would scream an intricate national to me, just the way he travelled through the race and you know he jumped so well. I thought Ben Harvey actually gave him a great ride. Gavin Sheen afterwards, he was fascinating as well. Just he said the horse was going as quick as he could. He just he didn't want to rush him. I thought that took serious metal, especially because you know everyone always talks about the Hennessy. You want to be mid div plus, you know. Um, up, took, up top is the spot to be, all right. I mean, yeah, it took really serious stones. Like he arrived in days. three or four out. Yeah. You know, and he just kind of, you know, it was a brilliant ride. He's a jockey in absolutely great form as well. It was a brilliant meeting, actually, Newbury as well, Dean, because, you know, like, again, we move on to Hermes Allen, but even sure. the, you know, the Henderson Novice Hurdler as well looked really, really good. Jericho the Bomb or, or thing, he looked absolutely fantastic. Weapon a. The, the Weapon A, as they're calling it now. Yeah, sorry, sorry. The, the Weapon <laughs> a, yeah. And, you know, he looked brilliant. And then another note as well, as, as we're kind of talking about jockeys as well, just kind of watching him, the last few weeks, the much maligned uh, Nico de Boinville, I thought, think is riding um, as well as he ever has at the moment. Um, handicaps and everything else. He lifted one home in a handicap hurdle on Friday. Uh, he's just a jockey in absolutely serious, serious form. And um, again, he definitely gets the ammo. There's no questioning that. But uh, <laughs> he really is. He's firing them home as well, you know. Fair play. Fair play. Good shout out for him. Um, okay. What we're going to do for the next part of the uh of today's race hour is we're going to take a look at some of the novice chasers that have uh, been around the place. I think we might start with some of the staying novice chasers. And there's a couple I definitely want to talk to uh, to Don about. And I did, you know, purposefully gloss over that first race on uh, on Ferry House um, Saturday, which was the beginners chase there. Uh, Corbett's Cross, three card brag, Monty Star, who Dem, I know you're a big fan of anyway. But um, one of the most fascinating races of the weekend. Uh, a smart performance from the winner and admirable stuff in behind. We could have three or four horses there that are going places. Just where? Yeah. Um, it was a hell of a race, wasn't it? A hell of a beginner's chase even before and it looked like it was going to be. And this is a race that's been won by Martello Tower in the past. Monkfish won it as well. Manella Cruna won it last year. So it is a race that it, it's it's worth monitoring. And, you know, again, the first four home were, were very good. Corvus Cross, like, he, he had the benefit of a run so he was a bit disappointing behind Grange Star West at Nace, but he put that all behind him. And look, we know he's very good from last year. I don't know, like, is is he is he an absolute staying horse? Like, would he have won the other Bartlett Hurdle last year if he hadn't run out? I'm I'm not sure that he would have. I I think he could be kind of this type of trip could be his optimum. Whereas three card brag, I think he's the opposite. I think he can go out and trip, and Monty Star likewise. I I thought Monty Star was was very good. Um. I, like it's his first run back since he was pulled up in the Albert Bartlett hurdle. And he's a horse who will almost certainly be better over further. This is a, a, a trip that was shy of his best. Like he won that grade three novices hurdle at Clonmel last year that actually he beat a seven companion Hidden Valley Lake in the race. And that's a race that has been a good pointer, a good springboard to for, for staying novice hurdles. That, I think that was the race in which Alaho beat Manella Indo mm-hmm. going back. So I think Monty Starr, like coming from Henry de Bromhead's yard, 
it's it's probably it's going to be a better chaser than hurdler i think he'll probably benefit from this experience as well from this run and he was a wee bit short of room late on he, he just probably didn't have the pace to 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 retain the, the 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 gap for himself but i think with a run under his belt stepped up and trip and maybe even on softer ground um yeah i, I think Monty's pass if you had to if i had to take one from the race with a view to the degree to which he might be underrated going forward i think it could be Monty's start music to raise them and all i reckon yeah i put him up in the independent at 50 to 1 um start of season i love what he did in clon mel um I, again everything that kind of Don said there. Um, I, I thought it was a very good race. The, the one thing is is that it, 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 if Corvus Cross does stay, he has that turn of pace as well, which will be an issue for a lot of these because I just thought he was brilliant. I thought Mark Walsh gave, rode him brilliantly, but it just is the way the way the Bromhead gets him jumping fences is, is just brilliant. And Monty Starr, he just lacked that finishing kick over that speed, but he could be one arguably that could end up going into the festival and still at decent odds because, you know, if he goes to a flow gas next or something like that, he's still going to be over maybe the wrong trip and you'll see the best of him over three miles. You can't forget that like Indo, Vanilla Indo, he, his novice chase campaign, I think it was only, he went up against Lorena and was beaten that season by before going on. Um, Henry de Bromhead tends to peak them towards the, the end of season target. This lad won't be any, any different. I just love the way he jumped, love the way he traveled. Uh three car bag was excellent. Uh Nick Rocket for me could wouldn't surprise me. And I heard him mentioned on the Up in the Ante show as well that he could be one, you know, that he could see Patrick Mullins on in the three mile sixer. Um it was just a brilliant race team. And it's just funny that you know any one of them four probably would have won that Trinmore, I'd say. Yeah, it's interesting that perhaps that was stronger than the the Trimmore and just the different stages of career. I mean, there was there was a couple of fences admitted, wasn't there? I mean, that wouldn't have felt three cut brag. Perhaps could the result have been different? It could, but Monty Starr, you know, he was jumping them brilliantly as well. There was a few of them really that kind of that mightn't have helped. I thought Fairy House were, were admirable in trying to move the fences to try and get as many fences jumped. I know, as possible. yeah, they've got so much space there. They had to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw someone on Twitter mentioning that, and there was a reply saying they'd have to take the car, car park out and. Post last to try and do that, <laughs> uh, you know. So it's 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 not an option for for quite a few race courses. But yeah, look, it was uh, they'll all improve. But I do think Monty Starr, when he gets up to three miles plus, will be won't. he just screamed to me as a Gold Cup horse of the future, perhaps. You know that the three mile two, just a massive horse. He's huge, and yeah, Dean, I was quite into. I think there's still forties out there about him, um, for the RSA or sorry, for the. Brown advisory, and that, that does look a decent price. Yeah, sure. so like I said to you last week, Demo, something has to finish second back to file. Um, so that, that's <laughs> totally fine. Uh, Don, you were going to jump in there, I think. No, just on the fence of Ferrias, like uh, fair play to Peter Owen and his team. It's, uh, it's great. Like the, So there are four fences now on the side of the track. Like we're used to the Irish National Start, you've got three fences, and then you turn and you jump the fence at Ballyhack, which comes out quite quickly. They've moved that fence around. And I thought the four fences down the side of the track worked really well. And I was thinking, so they could just leave them there and put the fence in at Ballyhack as well, make it a yeah. real test. But you know, there's definitely been like Galway, wasn't it? You know, the tree in the back in Galway. It was kind of like you know, it was just a great spectacle to watch them yeah, jump before. Yeah, I was actually thinking of the the five in the back straight at Warwick. You just you line up oh, yeah. in a straight line, and it's the same thing. You know, it's our our Paul Carberry. Remember Paul Carberry talking about 
the fences at, at Leopardstown, I think there's six in the back straight. You line up at the top of the back straight. I think I was asking him, would he ever, would he ever go flat racing? And he was like, are you joking me? You line up at the back of the, of the back straight at Leopardstown, you see those six fences in front of you and there's no better feeling. So yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it, it was, it was a really good sight. And, and yeah, as you, as you said, great initiative, a ferry has to take that, to take, make the change. Slightly sideways question for you, Don. I mean, Fairy House, in terms of form going towards festival, we obviously a chunk-centred podcast on here plenty of the time. Um, it, it always ranks very high for me out of pretty much all the Irish courses, Fairy House, in terms of the test that it provides. Um, I know it's going the other way, but that doesn't seem to be a barrier. No, it, it's, it's not a barrier going the other way. It's more the quality of the racing, isn't it? The quality of the, of the tests that it is. Um, Interesting, Matt Toombs had a stat on the, on the Dreamer, which kind of goes against it, which was a bizarre stat, like a stat that would really surprised me. And I have to go and check it out to make sure that it was real or more to more to find out why or how close it was going. The 18 winners of the Dreamer, none of them have won at the festival. What? Not one Dreamer winner has won at the Shannon Festival as a novice that year. So oh, there are a couple of anomalies. Same season, right? Yeah, has to be. Same yeah. season, right? Yeah, so Doran's yeah, okay. pride. He won the Drinmore. He he ran the Gold Cup. He actually finished third behind Mr. Mulligan. Um, and while N fell when he was favourite for the Turners, odds on shot. Um, Cossack in the Ryanair, maybe? John Cossack fell. He fell yeah. in the, yeah. He fell. He fell in the old JLT, he fell, yeah. In, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Mighty Potter went close last year. He was odds on. He didn't win it. So no, no Drinmore winner has won as a novice at Chatham, which to me was bananas. Yeah, man. That is crazy. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. All right, well, it doesn't blow the stat. It doesn't blow the, the feeling I have. About it doesn't. No, the other race is strong. <laughs> and even beaten horses in the Drinmore, they they don't have a bad record either. So it's just yeah. an anomaly that I'm sure will fix itself soon. Maybe this yep. year. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I am Maximus will have the job uh, of going to find something at Cheltenham Festival this time around to break that. I mean, let's talk about a few of the other ones that um, have come out. I know you, you're you a keen follower of Favre de Champ, do Don? No, absolutely. Like, um, I I thought that, like, he was he was a good staying novice herder last season. He won the the Doran's Pride novice herder at Limerick, and that's a it's a two mile seven for novices at Christmas time on soft ground. So it takes real stamina to win that. He beat. Let's be clear about it in that. And then this year he he was beaten by Afridel Fury in that beginner's chase at Galway, and that's again that's an, that's a race that has a phenomenal record in terms of producing future winners. I think, think Don Cossack won that as well. Last and Stone won it. Jesse's Dream won it. China Rock won it. it it's it's um, produced an awful lot of very good winners going forward. And he and Afrodelphia had a good old tussle. Um, he was in front from early. And what, what I liked about his performance that day on his, on his season of debut was the way that he battled on after Afrodelphia had beaten him. Or sorry, mm-hmm. had gone past him. He, he was only beaten a length and a half in the end or so and the pair of them pulled clear. And I thought in the Florida Pearl Chase, Florida Pearl Chase actually... It, it, I don't know, you probably discussed this earlier. It's three, it was three miles this year as opposed to two miles six or two miles six and a half before. So um, it was, it was a, a more of a stamina test than it normally is. Of course, the headlines were garnered by Florian Porter, who was jumping, seemed to be jumping straight enough. And then Churchstone Warrior, having unseated his rider at the second fence, came up on his outside and he didn't really impede him or cut across him, but he was just a distraction. And as we know, Florian Porter doesn't need much of an excuse. So, <laughs> so all he he got all the attention from the race. But I thought Favre de Champdu was very good. His jumping was so good. He he even with Florian Porter going to his left, he had the race 
in the bag from a little way out. He kept on. He beat Sander Clegane by 14 lengths, which to me was a massive performance. And I know it's three miles and he's down and he's got the two miles seven hurdle, novice hurdle race on, in his CV. But so he's all stamina. But uh, yeah, I think wherever he goes, you know, obviously when stamina's at a premium, maybe maybe the four or the National Hunt Chase, maybe that's the race for him in, in time. But yeah, I think he's a horse that, you know, I'm not sure if he'll be underrated, but there's a chance that he will because he just might not, not have got the, the accolade that he should have got for winning that. Yeah, fair. I mean, he's kind of sharing favouritism in the early markets for that National Hunt Chase, the three mile six. So, uh, you mentioned Sandor Glenn. I know, Demo, you're a fan of this. I think Paul Nolan's saying that they might have a few little issues to sort out before we see uh, Sandor Clegane again. Uh, Florian Porter has to be reckoned with when it turns up at Cheltenham for whatever it turns up at. You're just taking your... Uh, you want a little bit of risk liability in the price, don't you, Don? Um. I, I thought he ran really well. You know, I, I think he's uh, going left-handed again. Like, the, he hadn't been right-handed in a long time, and you can understand why they tried it. And he, they got they were unlucky because if if he hadn't had the loose horse, we don't know how he would have done. He might have been a wee bit to his left, maybe not as violently as he, as he was. But, you know, that said, we do know that the more a race goes on, the more he tends to do it. So we don't know how he would have done with the loose, with, without the loose horse. Um. He doesn't need to go right-handed again now for a while. So he can go left-handed now at Leopardstown and then on to Cheltenham and then he can go to Aintree instead of instead of Punchestown or Ferry House. So he doesn't need to go left-handed again this season. And I'd be surprised if he did. And I'd I'd also be surprised if 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 he if he didn't continue then chasing. I don't know if there's any talk about him not going keep continuing chasing and going back early. I don't think there's any need to do that because he jumps well and going back like he was so good at Cheltenham on his on his first chase so yeah I, I i i wouldn't i wouldn't lose faith in foreign fortune now back on left-handed that's fair that's fair Dem, any of the other irish ones you wanted to pick out you know i'm a massive fan of factor file you obviously got uh, his colors lowered on his first crack over fences by american mike um it, you're not keen but you know how keen i am yeah the, the fact that you're keen might make me unkeen maybe Dean. but the uh i know <laughs> the um I was quite impressed with American Mike that day. I know he, he had to be, yeah. He has his detractors because of his his past, but you know horses can just kind of kick on for fences. That was a proper tussle they had. It's just very the the champion bumper form. You'd have to have a small few question marks about it, and unfortunately, the the winner we won't see him now until the new year. Um, fact the file is just very interesting with that profile of going straight straight over fences. Willies, you know, a lot of them have needed the run as well, or sorry, a few of them have needed the run. Um, so that you know, he could improve an awful lot for that. Um, it's just a very deep, the staying chases division, Dean, especially like overall. That's the division that's that's really starting to kind of cement people have their their kind of supporters, and there's just there's so many there that we've just rattled. I may through. not, I may not have got to the best one demo. Me and you are not massive fans of Gaelic Warrior, but could that be the best of them? He could, but I, I'd imagine he'd end up in the intermediate trip you'd think um couldn't imagine him over three miles just yet over fences he will be a stayer obviously he is a stayer sorry he won a three miles at the punchstone festival obviously um but um yeah like you know as far as the season goes he'll win plenty i'd still be keen enough to take him on i mean look look, like the you know we can't be sleeping on on paul nichols either as in you know the get to the uk yet i mean there's a few yeah you know, Hermes, Hermes Allen, I thought he was brilliant on Friday. Really good. Uh, you know, he took a while to warm up. 
there's the touch as Stephen Cass said last week, there is a touch of the stage stars about him. And Paul Nichols, there's a reason why he kind of hums and has about his horses. He, he didn't really want to run Brave Man's game at Cheltenham. He didn't want to run. He doesn't tend to want to go to Cheltenham now with his novice hurdlers and be battered there. Um, stage stars improved a ton. Hermes Allen, he just took a small while to warm up. And then as it went on, that was a great two he started off in. And he, he I, I thought the last few fences, he was there was only one horse going. It was him. I thought his jumping at the end was electric. Um, I just wouldn't be sleeping upon Nichols, him, Nappers Hill. Stay away, Faye was probably a little bit cumbersome, but still he'll only improve as the season goes on. Paul Nichols has three right ones there because Nappers Hill is a horse that I was happy to take on that day. I took him on with the uh, the Irish horse who travelled over. And his jumping was absolutely electric as well. So the intermediate trip is very interesting because we, we maybe haven't seen an awful lot of them. Same as the two mile division as well. They'll probably group them together for now because we don't really know who, who's where. Sure. Um we haven't seen Marine National yet, but just oh, overall, the the Irish, I think the staying chasers in the UK may struggle to land a blow there. I think there's an awful, you know, we rattled through an awful lot. Even Sander Glane, he has his excuses. I think Paul uh, Paul Nolan's form isn't quite where it should be. But the intermediate trip, Gaelic Warrior is very good. But if I was backing for a Turners, I, I'd be worried about him, him going left-handed, particularly... Um, at Cheltenham, he didn't get the job done in a Fred Winter. He, you know, last season he was third in that Ballymore, and now all all the talk about him as if he's, you know, he he produced the Cato performance. There, it was a very very good performance, but you'd be thinking the the horses behind had maybe handicaps on their mind. So at the moment, Dean, and it's very un-Irish of me to say so, if I was going to my head looking at that market now and I had to pick one for the Turners and they were both going I'd be going towards Hermes Allen here I I was really really impressed with him on Friday Fair enough I, you mentioned um, Stay Away Bay I thought looked in trouble when we saw it last day and, and then came through with a rare old rattle and, and then kind of won snug at yeah. the end nearly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. same really? thing as Corbett's Cross nearly looked just well, kind of one further than the actual distance okay sorry I'm sure they're, they're yeah. still learning aren't they there's plenty yeah. in there obviously you've got um, festival form there. Um, and sorry, Don. I mentioned uh, Gaelic Warrior there, and uh, yeah, came to it last. Like it, it's going to be a stayer. Just how until they they unleash. Yeah, it it, it depends how well he decides to juggle it. You know, that's uh, it's very difficult with Gaelic Warrior because he's got so many options. Like if you backed him for the brand advisory, you'd be a bit scared. Willie wanted to talking about he has the pace for two miles, wouldn't you? Yeah, you don't want to hear that type of talk. But no, I like he was so good. And I know he was going right-handed, and that would be a worry because he was he was very out to his right in the Fred Winter. And I thought Brazil did well to win the Fred Winter, given that he was impeded as badly as he was, especially going past the stands first time by him. Um, and then the Ballymore, he was a bit out to his right. It wasn't ideal. He was a little bit out to his right. And then at Ferry House, over fences, you kind of thought that he he was he was going to was one fence. It was down the back straight where he lit, literally clipped the corner of it on his way to his right. So it's it's hard to tell sometimes on a right-handed track to what extent a horse is going to his right because you tend to want them to do that. But mm. yeah, like Cheltenham, as we know, and and a tendency to go right over hurdles, that can be accentuated when they go over fences. So it's a, until you see him going left-handed, we don't know, but he's got such an engine. Like he was a fence clear halfway to the back straight the last time. And they were, and I, I know what you're saying, Dermot, but they were high 130, low 140 rated horses. They weren't bad horses. I love the horse. I, I, no, I'm a big fan, Don, of um, the Cromwell horse, the McManus horse. I can't believe I, I, I know the way you're thinking. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. Big, big, yeah. Big fan of his. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, no, it's a, it was it was a serious performance, I thought, and just dying to see where he goes next. But he's got so many options. I don't think you could you could back him for any race at Cheltenham at the minute until you a knew where he was going, and he won't allow that until declarations, or b could back none runner no bet. Hundred percent, and it, like you know, the bookies don't know obviously, and, and probably connections don't know. Willie really hasn't decided. Who knows what they're going to do? Uh, Vibes for favoritism in the Brown advisory and a turn. It's like so. Good luck. Okay, um, Don, you didn't uh, opine on any of the English ones, but stay away, Fahan, Hermes Allen, anyone else? I agree with Dermot on, Her- on Hermes Allen. Like I, I wasn't a huge Hermes Allen fan. I was against him all the way and, and you know you kind of whenever he got beaten the Ballymore you kind of went well I, I, I you know surprise surprise and then he went to Aintree and ran a wee bit better behind Irish Point but still not great so I was against him as well on Saturday and no he was he was very very good he was his jumping was was good for a debutante and yeah like as Dermot said he he was he got stronger as the race went on it was two and a half miles and He's a horse who, like when he won the shallow herd last season, I, I kind of thought he was a stare, which is why I was against him in the Ballymore. And I and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he did step out and trip even over fences now. Um, but no, it's a good point that Jeremy makes as well about Cheltenham. Like Paul Nichols, if he even if he does end up running at Cheltenham, you're gonna have a few scary moments along the way because he's gonna say stuff like we might just skip Cheltenham and go to entry. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, he's a he's a really talented horse and he's definitely better than I gave him credit for last season and he could be a really exciting chaser. And as again, as like I'm making a lot of what Jeremy said, but stage star was similar. He had a kind of a hurdling career that petered out and then he was very good last season, won the turners and he's very good again in winning. And, you know, now he's, you know, obviously definitely up there among the top two and a half mile chasers. Fair enough. It's, I mean, it's not the time to solve all of these novice chase puzzles just yet. But uh, one that it, you know maybe stands out from amongst the rest. Um, I'll ask you first. Uh, well, look, I, I kind of nailed my my. You know, I'm nailed to the Monty Star. Pa- I keep calling the Monty's pass. I keep doing it, but uh, <laughs> to uh, to Monty Star Mass. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big big fan of him altogether. Um, I just am. I, I just think kind of that sort of trip, and then. Yeah, over two and a half miles, again, as brilliant. Um, I've been one of his biggest attractors of Gaelic Warrior. I have to stop doing it now. He was just so brilliant the last time out. But, Dean, it'll be very hard now with the way he jumps right not to take him on again at Cheltenham. And I just think Hermes Allen, for me, would scream out as a bit. He'll be a bit of value on the day because, you know, again, uh, backing English horses at Cheltenham can be, uh, can be fruitful when it's right, you know. Can be. Yeah. Used to be the other way around. <laughs> Don, one, one from the from from the top. My, my one was Iroko. I actually backed Iroko for the Orange. Uh, yeah. Oh, he was so good first time out. Yeah, yeah, he was brilliant. He he was one of of I think twelve horses that I wrote down at the end of Chatham last season to potentially back anti post. And then when he did what he did at Warwick, I couldn't. I I didn't believe that he was still a fourteen to one shot after that. Given all the positive, anyway, look, that's that's a pity. He was he was the one. Uh, for another one, I th- I thought in the pocket ran well at Navin behind Fasilega, and he's like he may be a two miler, but his 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 pedigree is 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 two and a half miles, and he stayed on well at Nace the last day to win the the Navin novice hurdle. Interestingly, at Nace, um, and there were no hurdles in the home straight, so he, he showed he showed a lot of guts. I thought that day, and. 
and I, going into Chatham last season, they were oscillating between the Ballymore and the Supreme, weren't they? And I think when the rains came, they decided on Supreme. Now, look, he showed pace to win the top of his hurdle. That's a that's a two-mile race at entry, so you need speed to win that. But it might not have been as strong a race as the Supreme Novices. So I, I think that over fences, you can see him be running over two miles again, but he might be an improved. He might he might improve again for two, for going two and a half. But I think he's a really interesting horse, whichever way he goes. Yeah, it would have to be on my list. We talked a lot about that race on uh, on the race hour over the last a couple of weeks uh, since it took place behind Bastille Vega. That beginner's chase was uh, was was a fascinating watch. One to one to one to replay a few times, and in the pocket certainly came out uh, with with the eye catcher stamp right all over it. And it was a fascinating run. Big horse for uh, the rest of the season. Um, I'm going to touch on the novice hurdlers. I mean, we're a little bit. We're a little bit up in arms, of course. The dream to share has been, obviously got an issue, and it's now, um, you know, a longer price in the market than it would have been. We've had uh, Bally, we've had Bally Ben obviously get beat at the weekend. Uh, you mentioned Jericho to Weapon A, Weapon A demo that was very impressive for them for the Henderson Young. We, we've been here before with a few of them. I think Jet Powered won the same race the year before, and um, you know, did, didn't go to plan from there. Firefox has already been mentioned on here. Um, I'm, I'm running off, of course, from the from the top of that market. Um, there was a triumph force that I'm very excited about called Burdett Road, who's obviously at the top of the market for the triumph. And they're still trying to work out um, who should be favourite for the Ballymore at the longer prices. The likes of Ballyburn still there, Firefox. Um, Don, oh, sorry, Demo, which ones of the uh, of the novice hurdlers are top of your list at the moment? Uh, yeah, I don't, just because, again, I, I, I didn't come in under Royal Bonding, sorry, but I, I thought the winner deserves an awful lot of praise, Farron Glory, for kind of what he did. He didn't look like he needed to go down and trip after his first run, and I thought uh, I thought enough went wrong that you would have given him a pass on the day, and I just thought that he battled and he got up uh, really well. You know, I don't think it's the, the strongest renewal possibly, but again, as Don said, that could be completely proven as wrong, but it, a good out. winner, though. Very good winner. Um, yeah. Firefox was excellent, and then there's just a few, you know, as in, this isn't one of the divisions that, you know, we can get too strong on yet you know the likes of down down memory lane is one who's really impressive last season we haven't seen him yet a dream to share is obviously out after christmas now he'll be looking to do what ebazine i think is the last horse who had their debut after christmas and went on to win a supreme um so he's up against it but you know he could well do it he's he was an excellent last season but it's just kind of one of those those kind of divisions overall where it's just best to kind of let it all work itself out just yet we'll know an awful lot more of a Christmas I thought Daddy Longlegs on Thursday was just outstanding um like the whole the kind of the the issue with some of the horses there is that um he he beat Irish Panther Dean by much further than Farron Glory did and and Irish Panther has a rough Oh no, I know that's a rough gauge. I I, I don't like comparing it's fourteen upsetting. and a half it's lengths to nine and a half lengths. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Daddy Longlegs was brilliant, and the problem I'd have with kind of Ballyburn is that the very good Willie Mullins novices they, they don't tend to get beaten like that. And now, I, I again, I could be completely wrong, but they tend to win and then improve from there. Now, obviously, there is there would be glaring exceptions for that, but still, you know, like Ebazine's maybe one of them. But overall, I thought Daddy Longlegs so far has been the one that's kind of maybe taken my breath away properly. I just thought he was outstanding. Um, just really, just really strong. The race itself, obviously, that's that's obviously not might not be the strongest race in the world, but that doesn't matter. Just the nature and kind of what he showed you, how good he was. And then Farron Glory went on and won like he did. 
And for me, it just kind of showed that, you know, Daddy Long, he's, he's along the right form lines just to begin with. He'll have a lot more to do yet. But yeah, he, to me now, could scream because a lot of Willie Mullins is better than Alvis Hurdles come from left div like him. You know, they don't come from bumpers a lot of the time. They can come from absolutely nowhere like Gayard did do. The main eel, you know, he came from nowhere really that season. Mm-hmm. Daddy Longlegs for me now is um, he's the best I've seen so far. I think. Fair enough. Wasn't going to be uh, on my list, but uh, I'm going to add it to my list. Don, what, what do you make of the the novice headers so far? Look, it's it's uh, it's you know every week that passes is something new to discuss. Obviously, it's fascinating. Yep. Really, I, th- I think Wilma on the other side of the RSC. I think Wilma is an interesting horse. He was on this side of the RSC. He won his only point to point for Colin Bow. He actually beat Shannon Royale. In that point to point, and Shannon Royale turned Tully Hill over at Long Odds On there the other day. So, and Wilmot then he went to Neil Mulholland, he won his bumper over there, there's two bumpers there, and then ran at Newbury and won as easy as he liked his first run for Nicky Henderson. He was a short price, and he's he's entered now in the the list of Davis Hurdle at Sandan on Saturday, the console won a couple of years ago. So, I think he's an interesting horse over there, and mm. you know, he was, he was a high profile horse when he won his point to point. So he's worth keeping an eye on. And here, I, th- I think Mighty Bandit's an interesting juvenile. I thought he he won his hurdle race really well at Point of Stand there at the weekend, at the, on that, the Morgiana Hurdle, John Durkin Chase weekend. And <clears throat> he clocked a faster time than Stateman clocked in winning the Morgiana. Now, Stateman obviously wasn't, at, you know, didn't, probably could have gone faster. But even so, for a juvenile hurdler on his race course debut, like he hadn't run under any code, to, to clock that type of time and yeah I, I I did clock the two races it was there was no anomaly about it like it wasn't like state man stood still for three seconds before they kicked off you, you, they mm-hmm. were same time over the path same time over the first hurdle and it was it was about more than a second and a half nearly two seconds faster and it kind of was in the middle part of the race that he gained that that time and then maintained it all the way to the line so it was a it was a it was a really interesting performance on the day and then Jack Kennedy afterwards seemed to really think that he was a, a real player in the among the top juveniles. Um and just again trying to interpret what Jack said, it seems like he's not a horse who does a huge amount at home, but he said he kind of went, now I think he's he's a he's a triumph hurdle type of horse, given the okay. performance that he put in and the implication being maybe more so than what he was showing at home. So I think he's an interesting juvenile hurdler. Yeah, double figures around twelve so around that. For the uh, the transfer is mighty bandit. I was a massive bird at I was blown away by that bird at road run uh, done. I know it's early and he's short now, and you know, if you weren't involved, maybe not the time to get involved. Gonna take a good one. Maybe mighty bandit is a good one, but if bird at road turns up in any sort of nick, he looks a triumph to me. He, he, no, he, I was agreed with all of that, Dean. He was so free in his first run up in Canton. He did well to win, given how keen he was. He's a high class horse from the flat. It was the copper horse handicap he won at Royal Ascot, wasn't it? He's got a rating in the, the low hundreds, I think, on the flat. And then he settled way better at Cheltenham. And he picked up really well. And actually, at the time watching the race, I was I was thinking, I actually wrote this up in my notes, he stayed towards the far side as well, which is not where you want to be. But actually, as that meeting went on, unusually for Cheltenham at this time of year, it was where you wanted to be. You wanted to be on the far side, not to, like horses who came wide and came towards the near side. I ended up marking them up at, at the end of the weekend because... While they're normally advantaged by doing that, it looked like at that meeting they were disadvantaged to come on near side. So, and look, that's a small thing. He was he was seriously sure. impressive in, in winning, and he's a high class horse. Yeah, fair, fair. Okay, 
Um, look, we are going to have a quick chat about a couple of the races that are coming up at the weekend, but we've got to do some some senior horses. The Gold Cup picture changed massively over the last few weeks. Um, Don, we've had we've had some some shock results out there. I've got to go back to the Derkin because fast or slow winning that, um, I don't know. Can we keep just writing him off, Don? And he's in five to one for a Gold Cup. Can we keep just saying there's there's better? I think you know he's he's uh he's earned his his place at the top table a couple of times now, um, like even his run in the Ultima was a really good run, and he's been, he's unlucky. He was unlucky at Cheltenham last year as well. He was only just beaten, then to or just get beaten by Corak Rambler, who won the Grand National doing handsprings afterwards, and then to go to to Point of Sound and, and look, of course, in the Point of Sound Gold Cup, there was a sense that both Brave Man's Game and Galloping the Champ underperformed because they had had hard race in the Gold Cup, but. They, they can't both have underperformed by that much. And he beat them well in the end. And it was a super ride by JJ Slevin. He allowed them to get away from him. Then he kind of arrested the deficit. He didn't let them get any more than three or four lengths away. And then, and, and, and to me, he won the race through stamina. He stayed on best over the last two fences, which is why for the John Durkin chase, I, I wasn't with him because... I thought two and a half miles this time of year, it's going to be on the sharp side for him. I was kind of hoping he'd run well and then build it up and then improve again when he steps out and trips. So he did really well to win and it kind of maybe showed a new dimension to to, to us of him that he was able to do that. And look, he's a likely race horse. Martin Brazel, top, top class trainer. We know that and he's mapping out his campaign now. So, you know, there was there was six to one available about him after the race. And I was kind of thinking, you know, the six to one about him now is probably better value than the 14 to one was about it before the race, uh, given yeah. that we know now what he's already done, you know. So, yeah. no, I I think he's a he's a massive player in the Gold Cup picture. Yeah. OK. Marcel Slow enters the picture as a massive player. I mean, I think you've always been a fan of Jerry Colomb, Don. There's nothing going wrong there. Maybe this, this is this one and fast or slow where everything's going to plan. And look, and look. Jerry Kalam, there's nothing not to like about him. He was one of the 12 horses that I wrote as a as a potential anti-post bet after Chatham last year. Then I thought he might get beaten at Aintree because Aintree wouldn't suit him. He was a 20 to 1 shot actually for the, the Gold Cup after his Brian advisory run. And then he won at Aintree and then he was a 10 to 1 shot, then an 8 to 1, and 6 to 1. Yeah, and said all of this is where he felt exactly the same. <laughs> really, yeah, yeah. I know it's. Yeah. it's uh, it's frustrating, but I, I'm kind of resigned to the fact that I'm not going to be with him now for the Gold Cup unless he gets beaten next time. And maybe you go to the King George, get beaten there, and the book will push him out again. But anyway, look, that aside, he's a phenomenal horse. I, I, you know, he's pro- a progressive horse. He's got some will to win. He's got some engine. He's, he, he, you know, he's unlucky not to be unbeaten in all under all codes uh, and in any race. And to do what he did at Dan Royal. When he didn't have the run of the race, he was out, carried out to his left by a stable companion. He had a switch inside. He landed flat-footed over the last. And to get up and beat Envoile End, who's a top-class horse, and we know loves Dan Royal, and was given a super ride by Rachel Blackmore for all of that to still get up and win. It was a big performance. And he's a horse who's going to be even better over further than that when 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 the, the stamina test is is greater. And, yeah, look, he's a he's just a, yeah, there's, there's nothing else to talk about Cherry Clown. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm picking on you here, Don, because I've spoken to to Demo about the Gold Cup a lot in the last few weeks. And um, if you had to narrow your colours to one now, like, what would you do? Faster slow, faster slow. Yeah, faster slow. Okay, yeah. 
current market, of course, Gallop and Deschamps beaten three to one now, four to one. Jerry Colomfasso slows around. I think there still might be a bit of sixes out there, but you can see a bit of 11 to two. 16 to one bar. Brave man's gone or brave man's game. Uh, depends which way you want to call him now. It's, uh, it's obviously out, uh, out of the picture for a little while. Depends what they're going to do with that. Okay. Um, I, I was going to throw open as well before we do move on to a couple of the, the bigger races at the weekend. Um, handicappers demo. Anything handicapping wise for the season that you wanted to uh, throw into the mix? Uh, there's two straight off my, my head here. Uh, Comfort Zone will be the first one. I put him up on the Independent as one of my horses to follow. Haven't seen him yet. I hope that just means that they're uh, targeting something over Christmas or the you know one of those dear effort him. He's just on a hell of a mark. Really, really good mark. Last time we saw him with Leperstown as well, he was he was quite good in the flat. He was unlucky. Maybe that day, I, unlucky might be a funny way to put that. Uh, but he ran very well anyway. Mm-hmm. He's won at Cheltenham. Probably needs a definitely needs a win to get into a handicap at Cheltenham, but could be one of them maybe where you know you'd win you, under Mark Wall somewhere and then stick a very good uh, conditional on board maybe for something like a Coral Cup. Maybe I, I'm overthinking this, but I just really think he's very very well handicapped. And then the other one that I think is going to be handicapped. And there will be a very decent chase and then will be like the way you're thinking. I, I was blown away with him last season. I think he's a real stamp of a chaser. I think first time out against Imagine, it wasn't that he was given, how to put this, it wasn't that he was he was like Mark hunting that day, Mark Walsh. It was um, just kind of similar to in the pocket, just kind of have a good run first time. If he wins, he wins. Corvus Cross was actually similar. Last time mm-hmm. out, couldn't live with Gaelic Warriors. No shame in that. And um, he'd be one, I think, over handicap over fences well later on the season. There is that novice um, handicap chase that has led on to the Galway Festival before as well for a few horses at the Punchdown Festival. He could be one for that, but um, he'd be one I'm quite excited about. But comfort zone is the one thing that I'm really looking forward to. Fair enough. I mean, Don, you've mentioned uh, a couple of times already on this podcast that there were 12 horses you wrote down after straight after the Cheltenham Festival last season that you were going to back out post for this year. Any any of them handicappers? Um, no, I don't think any of them are handicappers, actually. Not, not you're, from... going to have to, you're going to have to dig further then. Jeez, your notes. It's, it's hard enough to get handicap winners on the day at the Cheltenham Festival. <laughs> That's why I'm trying to pick handicap winners at 12 months out. Uh, but that said, I like for handicappers now, I think the first three in the, and the Coral Gold Cup, as we mentioned, Mm. Um, I thought San Sigal at Ascot thought he was coming to win his race. He got the better of Boot Hill in a two-mile handicap chase. He'd run too freely first time around at Ascot, and he finished third. He actually kept on well to finish third. Then he came back to Ascot there two weeks ago, and David Noon gave him a lovely ride, brought him among horses, delivered him to go and win his race at the last. He was a length up, and he fell. So I think he's there's a two-mile chase in him. I think he got a couple of pounds for that, which wasn't ideal, but... And you don't finish your race, but you know he he prob- probably would have won. I think he was one point five in running at the time. Um, and from the weekend, Solness, Solness, Joseph O'Brien's horse. I thought he was very good. Yeah. Um, he was only a seventh chase. He'd run in some very good novice chases. He'd won twice. He'd been beaten by Hercules Soy twice. He'd been beaten by Saldier once, and then he ran in that in that two and a half mile chase. That let's be clear about it. Won at Cork. But it was just too far for him. He he, he travelled well into the home straight and just tired from the second last back over two miles on a furlong. The last day, Connorson Walsh. I don't know if you've spoken about him, but what what a story! Like he's the leading apprentice from last season, gone over jumps now. He had his first ride over jumps over hurdles on the Galway Gallivanter at Cork. Won on that. His first ride over fences was on Solness. He rode him like he'd been riding chases all his life, all, all his long life. But um, no, he was very good on him. But Solness won well. 
uh, he stayed on well. He got nine pounds for it. So he's 147 now, but he's only five. And there could be more to come from him. I was thinking maybe the Dan Moore chase back at Ferry House over the same course and distance in January. That might be nice. the race for him. But I think any any two-mile handicap now that he goes for, I think there could be more to come from Solness. Yeah. Okay, Saints of Gal uh, flagged up, of course, Jane Williams. Um, Solness, a winner at the Ferry House meeting there. The listed handicap chase, I think. Could be one for the Dan Moore. All right, thanks very much for that. Um, look, we don't mind. We're just going to spend the next kind of five or ten minutes uh, spinning through what is coming up this weekend in true race sound style. Uh, the fighting fifth is a talking point demo. Will we see Constitution Hill take on Shishkin? Taking on Benson, you mean? Uh, Benson, the, uh... <laughs> sorry, I should have said Benson. Um, That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, you know, Shishkin in the without market could could be interesting. But yeah, look. Hey, it, when it, it, with, it, with, in market, if he decides to. Uh, yeah, to it up. seems like they are running both of them, uh, which is very interesting. I, I'd imagine it's a sweetener for... For Shishkin, but Constitution Hill should, should yeah, he, he'll win, you know. If anyone needs a sweetener, it's Shishkin, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah. Or, or else maybe Dean, but yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, fair. <laughs> uh, fair, fair, fair. Uh, that fight in fifth, it's going to be plenty of talking points in a minute about it, Don. Uh, Constitution Hill just obviously needs to get round based on everything that we know about it. But uh, yeah, Shishkin prepping for a King George. What do you do with Shishkin? You know, do you, do you back him and think that he's overpriced because people don't think he'll start? Do you, I'd say he could be underbet before the race and overbet in running after the start because everyone's thinking, I'll wait till he starts. <laughs> yeah. But like you couldn't, you, you couldn't, you couldn't back him before the race. But, you know, I was having a chat with some other lads there about what price is he to start? Like, is he. What did they offer? Susan? Two's on to start, three's on to start. And then and then you need to get the double up that he starts at, let's say, two's on. And then yeah. given that he starts, that he wins the race. So what yeah. price is he then once he starts? Uh, yeah, no, he's... Uh, I don't know. It's, be... He's fascinating, though. Like, he's, it's great. It's, it's, it's from As a neutral observer, I'm sure the connections and those close to him are tearing the hair out because have some horse with that talent to start doing what he started to do. Uh, it must be seriously frustrating, but... He, he like he's he's still a player if he if he if he kicks off and then runs his race because he's had a few flat spots in races hasn't he along yeah. the way that you know you think were more mental flat spots than physical flat spots yeah different than Altior isn't it Altior used to hit a flat spot physical flat spot whilst Shishkin was yeah he just kind of mess around mid race really wouldn't he I yeah. think he's still upset from the when he almost got run over in a Supreme, isn't he? I know he still came and won. Yeah, almost <laughs> That's like, a long time to be upset. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, I was called him the extraterrestrial. I do think he's, he's super special. I mean, obviously, we know that. But it would be it would be amazing if the only horse in training that could rattle Constitution Hill is Shiskin. Happens to be in the same yard. They decide to put it up against it. Uh, in a fighting fifth, it is going to be a great talking point in the weekend if they both turn up. Let's hope they do. Uh, Don, you mentioned St. Seagal got a couple of pounds for um, for not going on in the race, obviously coming unstuck. JPR1 got 11, I think. That's running at the weekend. And got 11 pounds, did it, for um, for tipping up last time? It's, it goes in the in the Henry Novices chase. Pounds, yeah. That's pretty stiff, isn't it? Yeah. Now, well, he'd, you know, he'd have won. And then I suppose from a handicapper's point of view, you, you, you can't, well, you're not thinking about what prize money the connections didn't win. So from a connection, from connection point of view, it's very frustrating because you've got nothing and you've got to accept, accept the hike from the handicapper. That's all you've gone home with. Yeah. Um, 
but from a handicapper's point of view, what do you do? You know, if like if he if he didn't give him what what like even San Cigar or whatever, any horse that doesn't finish, if you don't give him what they deserve to get based on how you think they would have fared, and they run in a handicap next time, everybody knows they're well in. You know, what eight, nine, ten pounds well in or three pounds well in even. So they're going mm-hmm. to, you know, they're going to be a short price in a handicap, which is I I guess not the purpose of handicaps. So um you can see why they do it, but at the same time you can still feel connections pain for for having to suffer the the hype without getting the prize money. Sure. I mean, it's forced their hand to go straight into this grade one here against the uh, likes of Colonel Harry ICR, unexpected party. I thought ran well uh, enough in the um, in the Paddy Power behind stage star, Petit Tonnerre, the patron, and a massive outsider of Pozzo Emery, if that turns up. Good race, that, that novice demo. Really good, yeah. Um, JPR1 was very lucky last time, obviously won a one. Yeah. Um but as a seven to four shot, you'd be looking to take him on, you know, 130 rated hurdler. Uh, obviously, massive upside, and he, he he's probably a much better chaser, which he's shown already. Looks but that way. I thought your old buddy, Dean uh, Pete Tonair, I thought he ran a very interesting race last time. I, I, I thought he wasn't really, he was kind of came late. Um, Sandown could suit him very well, just at 12 to one or so. I, I do like him. I, I don't like the front of the market. JPR1 is the best of. Of them thus far, but I thought Panit would have learned an awful lot last time. Um, and a 12 to 1 or so, I, I'm not a big fan of ICO. Colonel Harry's okay, unexpected party is is what he is, but Panit Tonair at 12 to 1 in the market, I have backed it. Um, and I just think that there's over hurdles, there wasn't a whole pile between him and JPR1. And um, I don't think by the end of the season that there will be a whole pile between them over fences either. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big fan of Petit Tonnerre. Backed it a couple of times last season and come on stuff one behind one of yours as well, one of those days, Red Risk uh, demo, which was a bit unfortunate for myself. That is a good race though, Don. Any early fancies for it? To the team. Um no, it's interesting JPR won all right, as you say, going over or running in a grade one race because he's he's gone up to a mark of hundred and forty five, so you can understand why. Um like the Henry the Eighth Chase, it's normally a race that it does attract some of the, the really good two-mile novice chasers. Not sure if that's the case this year. Mm. Um, but no, I haven't I haven't got into it that's yet. But, yeah, it, it, it is an interesting market, though. I'd, I'd be with Dermot and JPR1, you think, is he, is he a grade one winner? Yeah, I'm not sure. No, no, sure. One of them's got to win, though. Um, it, the, the fascinating story of, of good the, point. The, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> something's going to be one. Um, there's it's Tingle Creek weekend, of course, and uh, and, and John Bond is is going to take on a few. Captain Guinness is is almost on a revival. Uh, a horse I've always crabbed, always crabbed, and he does win sometimes. But uh, and he obviously got the job done the last day. I was going to talk about Boot Hill. He's been terrific this year, Don. He has. Um, like he wasn't that far behind John Bond last year. It wasn't the Henry the Chase that. John Bond beat him last year. So there's your Henry VIII chase of last year. Um, and he's been running those hand like he won that handicap that San Sigal fell in the last day. I'm not sure he'd have beaten San Sigal if he'd have stood up, as we've already discussed. But he did no. beat him the time before that when he won at Ascot over the same course and distance. But look, you can again you can understand why they're going into a Tingle Creek chase. It's a like the two-mile division. It's not a it's not a deep division, as we know. Like outside of outside of John Bond and El Fabiolo at 16 to 1 bar the two of them in the champion chase market and that's Captain Guinness and I, I guess I'm the opposite to you Dean. I've always been a big Captain Guinness fan <laughs> yeah I know and I, you know I've, I've, I've been I've been with with Henry de Bromhead when he's when he's gone the two and a half mile route I was thinking maybe that'll be the key to him but, but he didn't stay the two and a half miles that I entered last year so the season before last he's a pure two miler I thought in the Fortria chase 
he was as good as he's ever been. He he travelled so well. He's jumping like he used to be a tearaway in his older days. I, I remember as a novice hurdler, he ran on the inside track of Punchestown, I think, and he ran away and still won. I think it was a Punchestown. Or sorry, he didn't win. He got beaten by Andy Dufresne, having run really freely. So look, he's a he's a very talented horse. We know that he goes well at Sandown as well. And like to, he gave Riviera to tell nearly a stone last time. I know Desert Dynamo probably didn't run his race. He's, he's a bit keen as is his want. But Captain Guinness jumped well and travelled well, beat Riviera to tell by six or seven lengths, giving her nearly a stone. So that was a big performance for me. And, you know, he's he's he's, he's got ground to make up on John Bond from the running in the celebration chase when, in theory, John Bond was still a novice. Um, I mean, he's not. He hasn't. He's not that much more experienced now than he was then. So he's got a little bit of ground to make up, but not a huge event. And like, on all things being equal, you can't see him beating John Bond, but you can't see him beating Al Fabiolo either, probably. But he can run second to them in a lot of these big races if they run in them. And you never know if the ball hopped his way, as in if they were absent from one of them, there might be a Grade One race in him yet. Yep. Yeah, they've got to go and they've got to go and tackle them, as you say, third best in the markets for uh, champions. Chase El Fabiola due out this weekend, I think, at Cork in, in a hilly way, which makes sense. Um, Don, uh, sorry, Dem, no reason to take him on, is there? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, I heard Johnny Deneen saying during the week, and he's not wrong that uh, Captain Guinness should should actually not go for this and should wait for Christmas. That he'd actually have a much easier Grade One to be targeting because El Fabiola probably won't go after the hilly way. He'll probably wait on for the DRF and you know he wouldn't have John Bon or El Fabiolo there. You probably end up with Blue Lord or somebody, which you know, um Captain Guinness sure. wouldn't be a hundred million miles by any stretch of imagination away from uh beating him. So it does seem a, a target maybe that for once um Henry could be better off to actually avoid and wait for Christmas. But I think uh, they pitched up against Blue Lord last year, didn't they? At Leopard's Town and, and come unstuck. So yeah. They did, they did, they did, but 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 Captain Guinness to me last time I was quite impressed with him. And you know, Blue Lord isn't a horse that that you'd be terrified of, he just isn't. That's fair, that's fair. Uh, there is some good stuff at Cork, of course, over the weekend. I mentioned, um, I think El Fabiola was going to go in that hilly way, and likes of uh, well, what's in there against it? Mascada, one of yours, Don, from from previous uh, seasons. I know this, Riviera details there, uh, Vanillier's in there. This is a good race, and anything pick out in that court card demo, uh. not particularly, no. Um, the kind of the weekend overall. Uh, With everything, yeah, you have look, look. I'll make this point again. It's a, uh, it's ridiculous that the Hilly Way and the Tingle Creek. We don't have enough two mile chases to have them both on the same weekend. I, I don't know why this couldn't be pushed back two weeks, and that if the, or sorry, our, our previous two weeks or something like that, because you know if something goes wrong now for Captain Guinness, wouldn't it be good if he had the option to go back a week or two later for, for a Hilly Way? It just seems crazy that. We have them both in the same weekend. But anyway, uh, no, Dean, look, it's a serious weekend altogether. We're kind of running out of time. No, that's fine. I'll just rattle through the few that I was looking at. Um, in I was looking at uh, Petit Tonnerre, obviously. And then in the Beecher chase, I thought Ashdown Lad should should take a bit of clipping there. Uh, loves those fences, and that's just worth, worth so much. Uh, my old buddy Pat's fancies out in a Welsh National Trial. Uh, which has always been his lifetime aim. I've never heard a horse with that actually mentioned for him, not just us throwing him into it. He was genuinely mentioned the whole way through. He's he's Amazing. definitely been aimed at that. He's been brilliant at Chepstow every time that he's ran there. He'll he'll want the ground. He jumps fences so well. I mean, that day when he was beaten well by Brady game in that handicap, he was one of the only... He, he still jumped majestically the 
whole way around. So I'll be watching him him very, very closely. And then in the 245, sorry, the 245 of Cork on Sunday, uh, this is a handicap. It's absolutely not great at all, but I thought the four-year-old secret rock for Tony Martin it could be very interesting. Probably needs a few pounds to kind of start thinking about handicaps around Christmas time. So I thought that horse uh, could be very interesting. One that I've just been kind of waiting for at a much, much lower level. Uh, a good weekend of racing, Dean, but not chock full of bets so far for me. But again, look, we'll wait for uh, for. Uh, sure. Like it is early, obviously. We'd normally be uh, waffling away on a Thursday or Friday here to try and have a look at the weekend. We might do that uh, still before the end of the week. Anything catch your eye over the weekend, uh, Don? Because uh, like that, that feature chase is going to be great. And there's probably about six or seven of mine in it that I could back. And I'm going to have to try and whittle that down. I haven't done so yet. Yeah, look, it's a hell of a weekend. And like, you know, as we've discussed on many occasions, these week, these weekends are brilliant. The whole way from probably Cheltenham's November meeting, or maybe the week before that, all the way up to Christmas. Like, they're, it's, they're, they're just deep weekends. And I take Jeremy's point about a hilly way and a tingle creep being on the same day. But it's so it's such a busy weekend. Like I think the the merging of the two Navin days into one weekend that was brilliant. The merging right. of the John Durkin Chase Day and the Morgana Hurdle Day into one weekend at Punchestown really great and it worked really well. And you know as as that settles into your psyche and into the calendar, you'll know exactly what the stepping stones are through. You know the John it takes a bit of getting used to the John Durkin Chase being run in late November as opposed to kind of nearly mid December. So it's it's and it means that the John Durkin horses can now run at Christmas, which is great. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing El Fabiolo again. I'm down there at Cork Action Sunday, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, Mascada, yeah, she was she was a little bit disappointing last time at Clonmel, so she's going to have to bounce back. And I'd say to finish second or third behind El Fabiolo, that will be objective achieved on the day. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Croke Park step up and trip if Gordon Elliott runs him in that grade three, three mile novices hurdle. At Cork, the, like he's got a few options in the race. Gordon has, but I thought Croke Park the last day when he won the the, the Navin race, the Monksfield hurdle over two and a half. He only got stronger as the race went on, and he he was no no stronger than he was anywhere in the race than he was at the line. I was thinking he's a three mile hurdler. He's an Albert at horse horse potentially. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets on stepped up to three miles. Very good. Yeah, one fifteen. That one at uh, the Grade Three um, at Cork on Sunday. Okay. Great weekend's racing. I guess the, the biggest talking point is going to be that fight if, if they both turn up Constitution Hill against Shishkin. It's what uh, it's not it's not what I ever thought I'd say on uh, on the Race Hour podcast. Let's be honest. Um, okay, I think I think we're done for this week on the Race Hour. Brought to you with our friends at Gamble.com. Been delighted to have had Don McLean with us back once again on the Race Hour. Demo has been here you can catch on all different places Don McLean Racing of course on gambling.com a bit of matchbook is out there racing TV of course he'll be busy out over the weekend uh, for now have a great weekend enjoy the racing and uh, my thanks to it Relentless, remorseless, and proudly caught that star into submission